Thank you so much, Catherine, and uh, Happy New Year to you. Uh, it's great to be with you today. And I wonder how you're feeling as you approach a new year. Uh, certainly for me, as I think for the year ahead, I, I'm often trying to think about how to be like the most efficient and effective I can be. And I want to share a few thoughts I've been having about how I might start this year and to, to suggest the shift that each of us can make this year that may feel counterintuitive, but it may just be the best decision you ever make. And the shift is this, from go to slow, from go to slow. And the passage I'd love to talk from is in Mark chapter 6 from verse 30, which says this, the apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going, they did not even have a chance to eat. He, that's Jesus, said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. From go to slow. I've lived in London now for 10 years and I moved here to train as an architect. Uh, I met my wife here in London. And after a few years, I had this growing sense that God was asking me to look into a different career and to consider ordination in the Church of England, becoming a vicar. And much to so surprised, who I think, if I'm honest, prefer the idea of dating uh, an architect rather than a vicar. I moved from an architectural practice in Vauxhall to a prison in Brixton where I worked as a chaplain to try and test out this hunch. And I'd never been in prison before and I remember just feeling the, the nervousness of walking into A-Wing for the first time. And there I was, and I was shirt, chinos, uh, barber jacket. I walked onto the wing, and I'll never forget uh, the, a guy on the top landing, leaning over and saying, Oi, Prince William, what are you doing here? And I thought, you know what? That is a great question. What am I doing here? And that nickname stuck, actually, for the next two years with every inmate, and every officer uh, until I finally returned to Knightsbridge to work here at HDB. There's a lot of change for me over those 10 years and it happened really quickly. And if I could sum up the last 10 years in London, I'd use three words. Go, go, go. London is a city of pace and pressure, especially at the start of a new year. But the reality is, although you might have had a few days off over Christmas, you may be approaching this year and you're totally exhausted. You may be feeling that latent weariness today following the last two years. Uh, psychologists talk about the phases of trauma response and they say that one of the first phases following an incident is hero mode, when you have to push above and beyond to respond appropriately or to adjust to a new situation. Like when lockdown hit and with every pivot we've had to make ever since, we've had to enter hero mode or like the moment the other day when both of my children simultaneously lodged tic tacs into their nostrils whilst we were driving home one Sunday like totally like lodged in their nose menthol burning airways blocked and we were like A&E go 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 yeah the point is we've been functioning in hero mode for a long time but hero mode takes its toll if we're going to thrive in a city that is go 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 a nation that is go, go, go. Our lives need to be punctuated with slow, slow, slow. But how do you do it? Well, we see in our Bible reading in Mark chapter six, the disciples have been working hard and they're desperate to tell Jesus about all that they have achieved. And uh, you can imagine like, hey, Jesus, did you, did you see my stats from last quarter? I, I clocked more hours than Peter, James and John put together. Like, what do you think? 
And you can just imagine Jesus smiling warmly at them and saying, you're tired, you're hungry. Come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Now, Jesus isn't overlooking the achievements of the disciples like a competitive father with impossibly high standards. No, it's the opposite. He loves them for who they are over and above what they could ever do for him. And he invites them to slow the activity. You know, it's extraordinary when you think about it. Jesus had a lot to do and not much time to do it. He was on a mission, but he was never in a rush. Jesus was focused, but never avoided interruption. And, had, and he had this beautiful rhythm that pulses like a heartbeat through the Gospels, where he would shift from go to slow, go to slow. And the slowing showed that he wasn't always having to prove himself through his activity, but was secure and assured in his father's unconditional love for him, which doesn't rise and fall with his performance. You know, if we're honest, we can find it hard to slow sometimes. And at the heart of the problem, I think, is our desperation to be loved. You secure a project at work or close a deal and get the credit. Perhaps your children suddenly realise that you are okay after all. The initiative you're involved in begins to grow. You go on a date and it goes really well. Of course, these are all great things, but they're just not particularly good foundations for a secure identity because they're constantly rising and falling. But Jesus, who knows you the best, loves you the most. His love for you is unconditional, wholehearted and continual. And the only foundation that will never shake when everything around it is. And when you let the love of Jesus to shape your heart, suddenly the anxious striving that that tends to rise at the start of a new year begins to cease. The need to constantly impress and progress and go one better just starts to quieten a little bit because you've chosen a different source of love, which was there waiting for you before you ever did a thing to earn it. From go to slow. In summer 2019, I was um, cycling in Warnsworth on a sunny afternoon, and uh, rather inconveniently, I was hit head-on by a car, flew over my handlebars, and all six foot five of me landed on my head, Fortunately, as I was hit, a doctor walked out of a nearby pub, fortunately totally sober, and was able to help me. And if you can picture it, police cars, paramedics, a helicopter was circling above us. Unfortunately, there were no broken bones uh, after an MRI scan, but, but a lot of nerve damage. And it was a time of enforced slowing and recovery. And over the course of a few months, as a lot of the activity I was involved in slowed, I felt God talking to me really clearly about a few things and preparing me for something new. And little did I know, but a few months later, there was this opportunity to lead a partnership between uh, this church, HDB, and an amazing church down the road in Earl's Court called St. Luke's. And we worked really hard. We were so excited about this possibility. We worked really hard on a partnership proposal that we, uh, we gave to a senior committee with an HDB on the 23rd of March and the exact same night, you'll remember, the night that Boris locked us down for the first time. And suddenly, every church in the country was closed and all of the plans we'd worked so hard, and hard on ground to a halt. It was a really difficult time for us, you know, confusing, 
frustrating, disheartening. And just like the recovery from my accident, it was this time of enforced slowing. There was nothing more I could do. It was all over to God. You know, I'm sure you've experienced similar times in your life when you, when you so want something to happen and yet it feels just out of your reach. But it just happened that one of the senior leaders in that committee at HDB, our church warden Angus Winter and his wife Emma, were helping distribute food in the lockdown to, to people around the city who needed help. And who were they delivering to but a remarkable lady who lived in the top floor flat uh, of a block of uh, flats facing this church, St Luke's, in Earl's Court. So every day, as Emma headed up to the, the flat to deliver food, Angus sat outside the, outside the church in his car, praying for 10 weeks. You know, Lord, should we pursue this? And after 10 weeks, he felt the Lord say, we've got to go, let's go and do this. Yeah, exactly eight months after we were locked down, eight months after Soph and I had this crippling sense of, of sadness and disappointment, on the 23rd of November, 2020, we received unanimous approval for both churches uh, to begin this partnership. You know, and I learned in that moment that God can do just as much through your slowing as your going. Your slowing doesn't always have to be enforced. You haven't got to be knocked off your bike or you know, in a lockdown, you'll be pleased to hear. You can choose to slow and just watch what God does. You know, I feel from time to time that things are taking a a while to come together in your life. But God can never be anything but faithful. And you can rest in that amazing truth today. Yeah, I wonder what it might look like for you to shift from go to slow. I find Rick Warren, who's a pastor in the US, really helpful in this. He talks about diverting daily, withdrawing weekly, and abandoning annually. Yeah, diverting daily, the, the daily practice of slowing, you know, five minutes of of stillness or silence before the working day begins. Uh, reading the Bible before you read anything else. And as Catherine and I mentioned, the Bible in one year, I found it hugely helpful. And then withdrawing weekly, the weekly practice of slowing. You know, a day off, uh, exercise, something that brings you joy. A friend that you meet with, talk with and pray with. And then abandon annually, the annual practice of slowing. Getting the dates in the diary of when you're going to take time off. It's so easy to get squeezed out. And the point of all these things is not just getting better at rest. There are many helpful books that you can buy on adjusting your life, but this is specifically about resting with Jesus. Yeah, do you notice in the passage how Jesus doesn't say to his disciples, uh, get some rest. He says, come to me and get some rest. He is the source of the rest he is offering. From go to slow. Once the, the partnership between HDB and St. Luke's uh, got the green light, I started to feel the pressure, if I'm honest, to go, 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 to kind of make something of this now that we've been given the go-ahead. But I didn't really know what to do. So we started walking around Earl's Court and we noticed that there were, there were loads of hotels and we, we didn't know who was in them or, or how you might reach the people inside them. But we, we, we soon discovered through the press and through people working in the area that they were full of uh, men, women, children, families, uh, refugees and asylum seekers, uh, about three or 4,000 of them in those hotels, and they're in a really bad way. And we didn't know how to help, but a, an amazing local councillor got in touch, and, uh, and they had planned to do a, a food uh, distribution, clothes distribution, and uh, sanitary goods, and we said we could help. 
And so what started as one bag delivered by Angus and Emma Winter to a lady on her own, the top floor flat facing the church, became a thousand bags of clothes, food and sanitary goods to asylum seekers and refugees in the area from Sudan and Eritrea and uh, Iran and Afghanistan, which then became 2,000 bags of kindness delivered to the parish in Earl's Court, where St. Luke's is based, to bring some joy to the people of Earl's Court. And just a few weeks ago, we had the immense privilege of baptising two of the men that we've got to know through our weekly refugee community nights. And the point of this, none of this was really in the plan. Like, none of it was really down to our ingenuity. It wasn't a result of go, go, go. We stumbled across it all through slow, 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 and ultimately through the faithfulness and kindness of God. And when you capture a glimpse of his kindness, just like the disciples did in this passage, when you remind yourself that whilst Jesus loves all that you do for him, what he's really after is you. When you grasp that, suddenly slowing becomes something productive, not unproductive, something to be embraced and not sacrificed. Yeah, it may just be as you prepare for 2022, the best decision that you will make is less to do with your going and more to do with your slowing. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. Like the disciples approaching Jesus, I don't know what you would be approaching Jesus with today. You know, from 2021, you may have a list of wins or perhaps just a series of wounds. You might be excited about the year ahead or you may just feel exhausted from the year before. However you are, Jesus is inviting you today to come to him and find rest. Jesus, the one for whom being a hero isn't like a mode he enters from time to time. It's just who he is. He rescues us from our anxious striving at the start of a new year. But he also rescues us from the things that we think deem us unlovable. The guilt about things that we've done or perhaps didn't do but should have done. The shame we might feel about who we are or who we're not but wish to be. He frees us from all of these things so we can approach a new year with a fresh start. When Jesus hung on a cross for you and for me, when he was buried in a tomb, things didn't just slow down for him. Like they stopped, he actually died. And after three days, as he rose again, he showed the world that nothing could stop him or slow him, that his plans and purposes for the world, which includes you and me, could never be stopped. Which means when you feel stuck, when things are difficult, when you're not sure what to do next, he is a person in whom you can find comfort, wisdom, guidance, and rest. Jesus says to you and to me today, come to me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest from go to slow in Jesus name amen amen we're going to take a moment to uh, to pray now so just where you are as you're sat why don't we just close your eyes and just welcome you just to open up your your hands it's this uh, sign of just saying Lord I'm open to all that you want to say to me today I'm just going to pray a very simple prayer that we've prayed in the church since the beginning really come Holy Spirit.
And we pray right now, Holy Spirit, that you would come and fill every single person watching right now in every single home. Come, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. We just pray for more, more of what you're doing, more of your power, more of your presence. As I was leaving today, I said to my son, Archie, who's four, you know, what should I say to the church? And he just said to me without flinching, he, he said, tell them, welcome to the family. And I feel like today, uh, for many people, it's an opportunity to, uh, to invite Jesus into your year, Jesus into your life, and to, to feel a part of this amazing family of followers of Jesus. But maybe you've never had an opportunity to do that. And I'd love to give you that opportunity right now to say, Jesus, I want to follow you. I don't want to do this year alone again. I want to do it with you. And so I'm going to pray a very simple prayer that simply goes, thank you, sorry, please. Uh, thank you for all the, uh, for, that you died for me, that you gave your life, that I might be free from guilt and shame, all the things I've talked about. Sorry where I've tried to live my own way, turn my back on you without even realising it sometimes. And then please, please come into my life. Lead me, guide me in the year ahead. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for every single person for whom this is a moment for them to invite you into their lives and their year. Thank you, Jesus, that you died for me. Thank you that you gave it all for me. That if I was the only person on the face of the planet, you would have done it for me. I'm sorry when I've turned my own way, when I've been trying to figure it all out by myself. But please, Jesus, this year, as I set out into 2022, I need your help. Holy Spirit, would you come and fill me and strengthen me and guide me and help me in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And as my son Archie would say, uh, welcome to the family. Uh, it's wonderful uh, that you've had this chance today to pray that prayer. We're going to continue praying and Catherine and Wale are going to come and lead us.